This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Rogers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Happy holidays from all of us here at the Pax What She Said podcast. And by all of us, I mean me and Perry. Thank you for listening to us, uh, whether it's Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, if you celebrate. Uh, today, we have a special show. Not really, but because you're listening to it on the holidays, it's kind of special to us. If you have already celebrated your holiday, then we hope that you had a good one doing that. But today on deck, we have the Packers and the Titans on Sunday Night Football. Um, Perry, I know that you like the nationally televised primetime games, but I'm low-key excited for a noon game in Week 17, although I'm getting kind of the sinking feeling that that game might get flexed, depending on what happens this week and if the Packers will be in position to capture the number one seed or if the Bears are going to be in a playoff push that really feels like a game on the schedule that could get moved around. So lots at stake this week for the Packers if the Rams beat the Seahawks and the Packers beat the Titans, then they will be in charge of the number one seed and the playoffs in the NFC will roll through Lambeau Field. So before we dive into that, how do you feel going into this game? I mean, do you think do you think it's locked up? Do you think the Rams are going to help the Packers out? Or do you think that, you know, it's going to come down to week 17 anyway? I feel like it's pointless to think about another, like, to think about another team and its effect on the Packers. Like all that they can do is just go out and win a game. Like you can't, if you're relying on another team to do something for you, then like you've already lost to me. So um, I'm just hoping the Packers go out and beat the Titans. I think they have a good chance at home. Um, They feel pretty juiced up. It's their one seed to lose. And um, I think that it will come down to week 17 because the NFC is a little bit of a tight race and you never know what's going to happen with the Saints or any other team. Um, And nobody wants to lose to the Bears at Soldier Field anyway. (laughs) So, um, but right now just kind of focus on going 1-0 like Matt LaFleur says and um, beat the Titans this weekend. Yeah, and that's a good point. Like the Packers will know, obviously, before they take the field on Sunday night, what's at stake for them and if it would be a clinching game or not. Um, the Rams just lost to the Jets. I would imagine that they're pretty fired up <clears throat> to play Seattle, but you never know. Seattle's a good football team. They're both playoff teams regardless, so it'll be a really good game. And, you know, we've got the Vikings and Saints on Christmas Day, so there's a lot of activity around the NFC. So diving right into the Packers game, because this is a Packers podcast, Perry, who would be your Packers player to watch on offense? I'm going straight quarterback this week Mm -hmm. and focusing on Aaron Rodgers. Um, We're still in the home stretch of who's going to win MVP this season. And Aaron Rodgers is neck and neck with Patrick Mahomes. They pretty much keep flipping on each other when it comes to, you know, 
all the small stats, um, you know, Rogers has, I think more touchdowns. Mahomes has more yards. Rogers has less interceptions, et cetera, et cetera. So this is really, you know, after the chiefs had such a explosive and high scoring game against the saints last weekend, I think Mahomes pulled ahead a little bit since the Packers often stalled out against the Panthers. And so this week, not to mention going up against, uh, not the best defense, actually bottom of the league defensively for the Titans. There's going to be a big game for Rodgers to win this game and also for his personal you know, goal, I assume, personal goal of becoming MVP in the 2020 season. So he's going, he, he has a good, good day ahead of him. I think it's a Titans defense that struggles in all the things that he excels at. Uh, they don't have a very good pass rush. It's essentially non-existent. And I think I'm going to talk about that a little bit more later. Um, they're bottom of the league in red zone defense. Packers are number one in the league in red zone offense. And they're the worst third down defense against a very good third down offense. So Rogers should have himself a day um, against, you know, a defense that can't really rush the passer and is also not very good in coverage in pass defense either. So um, after, like I said, a kind of stalled out offense, I also imagine that this man is kind of rearing to go and ready to sling the football around a very, very cold, supposedly very cold Lambeau field on Sunday night. Yeah. I mean, I'm about two hours South of green Bay, but it was 58 degrees here yesterday and this morning it's 19. So that's a quick uh, weather shift and up North in green Bay, it's definitely a little colder there. So yeah, I'm going to keep it um, in the backfield. I'm going to go Aaron Jones, the other Aaron. And I think that, you know, there's, we're going to talk about Derrick Henry. We have to, we know that Um, he's kind of the headliner coming into this game and for good reason, but Aaron Jones is like 30 something yards shy of his second thousand yard season missing two games. You know, he is another driving factor for this offense and he's put together some really impressive performances. He looked really good against the Panthers. And then the second half, like you said, kind of stalled out. We didn't see him as much on the field. It sounds like Jamal Williams will not be available for Sunday night. I don't see them giving AJ Dillon a ton of snaps considering we haven't seen that yet from him and from this offense as a whole. So I think a lot of that is going to funnel through Aaron Jones and he hasn't had, he hasn't done as much, I guess, in the passing game as we saw from him last season, that was a big part of his game. But I do think that if this comes down to any type of ground and pound, given the way that this Packers offensive line is put together, Corey Lindsley likely will be back. It sounds like, at least it sounds really optimistic that he will be. Um, Then they have a really good chance to run the ball. You mentioned it already that the, the Titans front seven is not good. They don't generate a ton of pressure. So I think the offensive, line needs a bounce back game and Aaron Jones is the guy that can capitalize on that bounce back game so that would be my guy I'm excited to see kind of even though they're completely different styled running backs to see that matchup between the two running games wouldn't it be wild though if Matt LaFleur just pulled out like a heavy AJ Dillon scheme this week and just completely threw the pan or sorry the Titans off like just off their game not expecting that That'd be amazing because there's there's like nothing to scout, you know, and then just the entire offense does a 180 and he goes back to like his <laughs> 2018 slate of big bodied outside zone. I like it. I like the way you're thinking there. So before we move on to our 
our Titans offensive player. I, I think we wanted to carve out just like a time to talk about Derrick Henry because there are other offensive players on the Titans that deserve the time and also like the credit they yeah. to discuss uh, because they have just like the Packers have a very explosive offense. So do the Titans. They're um, number three, I believe in DVOA offensive DVOA Packers being number one. So all of that honestly has to do not all of it, but a large part of it has to do with Derrick Henry. And I think that as Packers fans, we have had this circled on our calendar all season as a little bit of a fear game of Derrick Henry going up against this defense. Um, Rightfully so, right? He's about 321 yards away from a 2000 yard season. And he's the only non quarterback, even in the conversation for MVP. Um, And so when you have a running back with those (laughs) kinds of stats being talked about as the most valuable player in the entire league, like he deserves his own time slot. So um, what is Derrick Henry bringing to Lambeau field on Sunday? And should the Packers be frightened? This is tough because, you know, you said it perfectly. You know, this is a game that the Packers fans have circled on their calendar since the NFC Championship game, knowing what happened to them in the ground game in that run defense. The Packers run defense has looked pretty good in the second half of the season, but they haven't gone up against the caliber of talent that we've seen in a guy like Derrick Henry. So there's a lot of variables going into that game. And I think, you know, it's going to be a true test. Aaron Rodgers, everybody has said these are two playoff teams this is when you start to get a really good sense of where your team matches up. And I saw the stat this morning and it is just beyond wild pro football focus had said that uh, since 2019, Derrick Henry leads the NFL in rushing yards. And he's also third in the NFL in rushing yards just after contact. So he has uh, like 3,200 yards and then 2,500 of those yards are after contact. So talk about a guy that's almost impossible to bring down. He breaks tackles and, We've talked about this on other shows. We've talked about this on happy hour. It's Packers defense, not necessarily known for wrapping up their tackles. So if there is one player in the NFL that you can't just dive into and you have to wrap up, it's Derrick Henry. So, you know, he's going to get his yards. We talked about this pre-show. He's not going to have like a 10 yard day. And if he did, that would be exceptional. I mean, I think we'd all feel really good about the Packers defense, but he's going to get his yards. He's probably going to get his touchdown, but the, the point being you have to contain him. And if the Packers can just gang tackle and get after him the way that, you know, the Cleveland Browns did. And some of those teams that ended up beating the Titans, that's your best bet is to stop Derrick Henry. Yeah, exactly. I think Matt LaFleur said that in one of his press conferences this week too, where he was like, tackling has to be our number one priority because he's going to run through you or jump over you or stiff arm you. Like he does not go down easily and we have to be, the Packers defense has to be just as tough in, you know, in the opposite way. And um, I, I completely agree with you. I think that's naive to think that you're going to stop Derrick Henry on, on any given Sunday. It's just a matter of containing and making Ryan Tannehill throw the ball and use other weapons that are much more easy to stop, I would easy say, to tackle. for defense. <laughs> Right. Easier to tackle, um, you know, force him to do what this Packers defense does well, which is stop the pass. Um, So that comes first when you can contain Derrick Henry, because we've seen it before, like the NFC championship game where we don't want another situation where Ryan Tannehill just hands the ball off because that's working. And why do anything else? 
Um, so the, I think the first quarter, the first quarter and a half, honestly, the first half is going to be like really telling for this Packers defense of how this game is going to go. You know, we saw what they were able to do against the Panthers. And again, like Mike Davis is not Derrick Henry, but if the Packers defense can come out the same way that they did against the Panthers, I think this game will be much closer and possibly a win than, you know, if Derrick Henry comes out and has, you know, a hundred yards in the first half. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll talk about this kind of when we talk about some of the other matchups in the show. But, you know, you had said on the show before, we've talked about this idea of Packers getting a lead and then kind of eliminating the run game for the opposing team. And I think what's so interesting about this matchup this week is that the Titans can score just as many points. So the Packers don't necessarily have the luxury of getting a huge lead like they did against the Panthers or the Bears and then allowing a team to kind of eliminate the run game and play from behind because, you know, we'll talk about the Titans players on offense. So I guess that's a segue then who would be your player to watch because even if the Packers somehow managed to eliminate Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill has some incredible weapons in this Titans offense and they're still going to be able to score points even if you do eliminate their run game to an extent. Right. And I think it's important to know that like, the Titans also have a, a very solid number one wide receiver in AJ Brown. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a reason why they're one of the best offenses in the league. And it's not just because they have an explosive, explosive running back. It's because they have an explosive big body receiver who's, you know, a huge, huge part of that. He's got 881 yards, 403 of which have come in the last five games. So he's like on the up right now in the, le- in the later half of the season, 10 touchdowns, which, you know, we, we, I think you're used to watching Devonta Adams. You're like, oh, 10 touchdowns. Like that's that's a big deal for a receiver to reach double digits in a single season. And I think the biggest the biggest stat that stood out to me, honestly, about AJ Brown was that he has 15.7 yards per reception. So that means that he's getting a first down on average per reception, which for a Packers <laughs> defense that plays fairly soft, you know, 10 five, 10 yards off the line of scrimmage, that's a problem. Like they're going to have to play a lot more press man on a guy like AJ Brown to limit that level of, of yardage that he can get. So he's a huge part of their red zone success, right? Obviously 10 touchdowns, their second in league and red zone success right behind the Packers at number one. Um, this is going to be a really high flying game. This is going to be, I think going to come down to a shootout and it's going to be whether, the Packers defense or the Titans defense can stop the opposing offense sooner rather than later. Uh, And AJ Brown, I imagine is going to run with a guy like Jair Alexander. Hopefully he gets the Jair Island treatment, but I think this is going to be a surprisingly difficult test for a guy like Jair Alexander. Uh, It's a receiver that I wouldn't have pegged at the beginning of the season to be someone that would potentially, you know, have him struggle with a little bit. Uh, but AJ Brown, you know, is on pace for an 1000 yard season and is a huge part of why the Titans are going to, you know, potentially make a pretty late playoff push. Yeah, I'm going to go. I was thinking about uh, flipping it to Corey Davis because they're a really nice one two tandem for Ryan Tannehill. But the player I'm actually kind of really interested to see is Johnny Smith. And I think it's, you know, his yardage total doesn't necessarily leap off the page at you. He's got over 400 yards, um, but it's nothing 
super incredible or like shocking, but it's his seven touchdowns. And you know that he's a big red zone threat for Ryan Tannehill. So you have explosive receivers like AJ Brown and Corey Davis that can get you into the red zone. And then Johnny Smith really capitalizes there. And, you know, we've seen kind of the weaknesses from this Packers middle of the defense, depending on who's playing. If it's Christian Kirksey guarding a wheel route, I feel like nine times out of 10, that favors the opposing offense. And that's not disrespectful to Christian Kirksey as much as it's just not a strength of this Packers defense. So when you have a guy like Johnny Smith, who's big bodied, physical, can kind of command that middle of the field that's where I can kind of see the Packers kind of letting up and struggling because you mentioned, you know, hopefully AJ Brown gets the Jair treatment and Jair kind of travels with him. Um, We'll see Kevin King on Corey Davis. I think that's probably a matchup we'll talk about a little bit later on Um, Derek Henry, but Johnny Smith kind of feels like the forgotten piece for that Titans offense. And, you know, you just have to have a guy on every player. And it feels like Johnny might not have that kind of treatment if, especially if you're dropping like Adrian Amos closer to the line to help with the containment of Derrick Henry. He just seems like he has the opportunity to slip out into the soft spot in the middle of the field and kind of gash the Packers for yards there because we've seen other offenses do that same thing. Yeah. I was also actually had John Smith on my list as a potential X factor for all of the reasons that you said, you know, the middle of the defense is always a question mark with the Packers. It's who's going to be in at inside linebacker. They've been doing a rotation between Kamal Martin, Chris Barnes and Christian Kirksey and will Ryan Tannehill exploit it. Whoever's in there, whoever he thinks is the best matchup, you know, John Smith is a guy he's going to target. Um, I completely agree with you that seven touchdowns, like, stands out to me, especially for a tight end. You know, Robert Tanyan has 10 and he's leading the NFC. Like seven's not far behind. So you know that he's sort of his like one of Brian Tannehill's go-to red zone guys. Seemingly he has many these days. And so yeah. I'm definitely looking looking at John New Smith there as well. Um but I think that there is a way to stop this Titans pass game which is with this Packers up and coming or I shouldn't say up and coming but ramping up Packers pass rush that we've seen kind of show up in the second half of the season and so I think on defense you know we can choose a number of Packers players to watch you know this defense has been playing better and better as the season has gone on clearly getting ready for the playoffs right in time. Um, And I think that I could choose any of the front seven to talk about uh, in this game, but I'm actually going to kind of focus in on Rashawn Gary just because we talk about, I think the Smith brothers and Kenny Clark quite often, but Rashawn has been, you know, really showing up this season. He already has five sacks uh, after having, I think like one, maybe last season, one, one and a half. So already jumping up from his rookie season, he's seeing a lot more playing time. And I think rightfully so he's been incredibly disruptive. He's got four tackles for a loss. I think it's just a, a time for him to really step up. You know, you get taken 12th overall. We want to see, you know, this is the time for, for lack of a better phrase. Like this is the time for someone like Rashawn to really, show up and say, you know, this is why you took me at 12. This is what I can do for this team. And it's to stop a, a high-flying offense like the Titans to solidify the Packers' number one seed uh, for the playoffs. And so I'm really looking at him to take advantage of a pretty banked-up Titans offensive line. 
Um, they've had three starters who have missed some time all season, kind of rotating similar to the Packers, but not playing nearly as well as the Packers offensive line has been in terms of, you know, rotation. So, you know, let's see him and Z and Preston's, you know, set the edge and get to Ryan Tannehill so he can't pass the ball. And I think also that pass rush will help with, you know, diminishing Derrick Henry as well. Yeah, uh, that's a really good point. I'm glad you mentioned that because if they can set the edge, they're either forcing Derrick Henry outside or up the middle where you have a guy like Kingsley Kiki or Kenny Clark kind of waiting. So I think that establishing the edge is going to be especially important because you can't give Derrick Henry those running lanes to kind of break out of. And, you know, I know that Z and Preston and Rashawn weren't paid to be um, like gap stuffers, but that really has to be part of the containment plan for Derrick Henry on Sunday. Um, I think I'm going to go with Kevin King and it just, it's because he's been kind of up and down and, you know, last week it felt like he got picked on a little bit. You know, you see the fumble recovery taken back to midfield, and that is like a highlight play. So it, you kind of think of his performance maybe differently. But I thought he got picked on a little bit, and there were just some questionable moments from him. But, you know, I talked about this on Pack a Day with Jacob that I still feel like I would rather have him out there opposite Jair than anybody else on the roster right now. So I think this is just a really big test for him. We'd imagine, like we said, that Jair is getting the A.J. Brown kind of shadowing duties. So that leaves Corey Davis with Kevin King. And Corey Davis is a big-bodied receiver. He can be explosive. We saw his 75-yard touchdown against the Lions. And I think that's going to be a big test for Kevin King, where if for, if somehow they're able to eliminate A.J. Brown from the game plan, what does that mean for Kevin King, who likely then would be on Corey Davis? Will he have safety help? Will they be dropping dropping any of the safeties into the box to help with Derrick Henry? It feels like Kevin King is going to get a lot of man opportunities, and I want to see how he does against a guy like Corey Davis because Corey Davis hasn't necessarily had you know the best season as far as drops and his hands are concerned, but he still leads the team in yards. He's like 50 yards away from a 1,000-yard season. He's also got five touchdowns, so he's a really nice complement to A.J. Brown. And if they do eliminate him kind of from that offense or if they're trying to contain Derrick Henry, Corey Davis feels like the guy who's going to get the bulk of the load, and it just seems like Kevin King will be the guy that's kind of shadowing him. Yeah, so it's interesting that you say Kevin King because I actually am sticking with the secondary when we talk about the Titans because I actually think their secondary is kind of it's pretty interesting to me. You know, they've had to really rely on Malcolm Butler this season with Adore Jackson out for pretty much the entire season getting hurt in, I think, preseason or camp. Like, he hasn't played. His first game was against the Lions last weekend, and he played in, like, really limited snaps. And Adore Jackson is their first-round pick in 2017. Like, this was supposed to be the guy. This was supposed to be their you know, shut down corner and he missed 13 games and that can really hurt a secondary that it showed up, right? Like they're not a very good pass defense because they're missing, you know, kind of their dude. So is he going to play more this week? Probably, you know, increase snap count, but not a full game. Um, and who's going to cover Devonta Adams? You know, that's my biggest question for the Titans is, is it going to be Adore Jackson or is it going to be Malcolm Butler? I think they both bring like different skill sets to covering Devontae because Devontae is good at everything. And either you get yourself a corner like Jair or, you know, 
only a handful of others who have a complete skill set to cover a complete wideout, or you have to pick and choose. And Adderay Jackson has like the speed and athleticism where Malcolm Butler is a little bit more aggressive and is going to sort of press Devante at the line, which isn't always the best idea, but you got to at least try. Mm-hmm. Um, so who is it, right? Like who is going to be covering him? And I think that this season you know, it's always been Malcolm Butler covering the number one. Like, that's what you've been able to expect. But when you bring Adderay Jackson in, it gives the Titans a little bit more, like, flexibility in what they can do in their secondary. Um, and Malcolm Butler doesn't have to trail the number one guy. So I think there's also also a fine line where you don't want too many guys covering just one person. I understand that most teams think it's a good idea to double-team Devontae Adams because, sure, he'll still <laughs> win those matchups potentially, but Rodgers has so many other weapons to throw the ball to. So it's just going to be, I think, really interesting choice for Vrabel, what he's going to do, how he's going to play this Packers offense, um, and also how much he's going to push Adderay Jackson back because he did have almost a full season-ending knee injury, and you can't just throw somebody back in for a full game after playing just one game in limited snaps. So um, I think it's like a big question mark, but it will be interesting to see how much he plays. Yeah, I this is so on brand for us. I love that you talked about the secondary because now I'm going to talk about the Titans uh, edge rush. And Harold Landry was somebody that I myself and I know a lot of Packers Twitter really wanted uh, in the 2018 draft. I was really excited about the idea of the Packers taking another uh, Boston College prospect in the first round. Uh, see Joey, now I'm going to talk about BJ Raji just because of uh, your YouTube clip. But no, and I mean, Harold Landry basically runs their edge rush. He leads the team in sacks. He's got 4.5, but they're, they're last in the NFL in sacks. They're at 14 through just as many games. The Packers for contrast have 38 sacks through 14 games. So there's just, there's a big discrepancy there. And one of the stats I pulled for uh, the pregame six pack was also that the Titans pass rush is even worse on the road. I think the contrast is like nine at home, five on the road. So they just are not generating a lot of pressure and that's kind of led by Harold Landry. So, you know, four and a half sacks doesn't really jump off the page at you when you have guys like Sidarius. you mentioned Rashawn who already has more sacks in way less snaps. So I think that's going to be kind of a huge factor for this Titans defense is can they generate enough pressure to throw Aaron Rodgers off his game? We saw the Panthers do that in the second half of Saturday night. The offense was rolling and then they kind of found a way to limit him. If Corey Lindsley comes back, I think that's a better opportunity for this Packers offensive line because they'll be cohesive again. But yeah, to me, it's definitely what's going to happen with Harold Landry and if that front seven can generate any type of pressure to slow down Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense. Definitely. Yeah. I I think that we saw that knocking Rodgers down and not allowing him to throw the ball is the only way to stop this Packers offense. So uh, no pass rush is probably not a good, uh, doesn't spell good things for <laughs> the Titans. Um, I want to talk about X factors a little bit. I already talked about mine for the, for the Titans because, you know, you brought up Johnu Smith and, that's who I had too, which isn't surprising because <laughs> we're usually on the same page. But my my X factor for the Packers, I, I had a hard time choosing this one. I originally was going to choose MVS because I felt like after having not a single reception against the Panthers, he was due for a little bit of a bounce back game. I think his speed against the secondary is going to be a weapon, but I actually am going to go with Alan Lazard. And I say that for a few reasons. One being that just this 
Titans defense is the worst in the league on third down and they allow 61.8% conversions. I mean, that is, that is wild. That's, that's, I don't even have words for how bad that is. And Alan Lazard is Rogers go-to guy on third down and he's very reliable on third down. And he had a few jobs uh, against the Panthers, which I know he would like to have back. And I know he would like to make up for, and he's about 80 yards away from his first 500 yard, uh, career season. I don't know why that took me so long to say he's almost at 500 yards on this season for the first time in his career. So just a lot of things, I think compounding to lead me to believe that Alan Lazard is going to be targeted a little bit more given, you know, the deficiencies on the Titans defense and also given that, you know, he's, he's due for a big game. Yeah. I like that one. I hope that he gets to 500 yards because I think that would just be really fun for this Packers offense, you know, with all the wide receiver talk to have him and MBS and some of these guys kind of eclipse these big milestones that we haven't seen from this Packers team in quite a while. Uh, My player to watch is big Bob. It's, it's not like flashy or exciting, I guess, but I think that he is on a really nice career trajectory. And, you know, we talk about the Devonte Adams consecutive touchdowns, This is um, his sixth consecutive touchdown, or it would be if he scores against the Titans. He's got 10 on the season. Like you said, he tied Keith Keith Jackson in the Packers franchise record with 10 touchdowns. Paul Kaufman leads the franchise with 11. So it'd be kind of cool if Robert Tunyon got another touchdown um, to kind of tie that franchise record. You know, he's got over 500 yards on the season. I would imagine he's got a little juice going into Sunday uh, as a Pro Bowl snub. Uh, maybe he'll have a an undershirt that he can pull out like Z did last year when he uh, gets a touchdown on Sunday night. But, you know, I think if we're talking about this Packers or this uh, Titans secondary and, you know, how they're going to guard against guys like Devontae Adams, we've seen Tunyon become kind of a security blanket for Rodgers on third downs. He looks to him quite a bit in the red zone. So I think that he's going to get plenty of opportunities to kind of be impactful for this Packers offense and help sustain some of those drives. I love it. I already have a tweet drafted ready to go for when Tanya Tanyan scores his touchdown on Sunday. So I can't wait. Um I'm expecting <laughs> I can't <so>. wait. <laughs> um okay, so then for the Titans, who do you think their X Factor is? That one was tough. And I mean I think that there's just so many, I guess. And I think honestly it's Ryan Tannehill. And maybe that feels like a complete cop out, like a really easy person to pick, but He's playing his best game as a or his best season as a pro. 31 touchdowns, only five interceptions. He just has looked really good compared to what we saw from him early in his career with the Dolphins. Last season he looked good, but these are really impressive numbers. And I think if we're talking about a guy like Tunyon being a Pro Bowl snub for the Packers, it's possible that Ryan Tannehill was a Pro Bowl snub for the AFC quarterback group. And yeah, I think that a lot of this game is going to funnel through him, especially if the Packers are able to contain Derrick Henry in any type of capacity forcing the game to kind of funnel through Ryan Tannehill. And you mentioned the Packers pass rush already being having a huge opportunity there to generate that pressure. And if, if we're seeing Ryan Tannehill struggle at all, or if his receivers are blanketed and there's coverage sacks available, I think that's going to kind of tell the game as if he's able to kind of continue drives, even when Derrick Henry's taken away. Yeah, he's a he's a really, I think, overlooked quarterback. And I don't know if it's because he like wasn't the starter and so he just like stepped into this role and it's sort of this like underdog mentality. But when he turns it on, he turns it on. They scored 46 points against the Lions. Like 
no one's scored even close to that this season against a team except the Packers. You know, like this this guy can slay it. So I completely agree. I don't think you can underestimate Ryan Tannehill at all. Yeah. And I'm glad that you mentioned the point total because, you know, the Titans have scored 40 or more points four times already this season. And then they've scored 30 or more points five times this season. So that's nine games that they've scored 30 or more points. And that just, you know, we'll get to score predictions at the end, but I'm really excited to hear kind of what you think the score will be, because this feels like between these two really explosive offenses, there's going to be a lot to talk about. All right. So Perry, what is your key matchup going into Sunday night? Yeah, we talked about this a little bit already, but I just want to hit on the Packers offensive line before we wrap up because the Packers offensive line versus the um, Titans defensive line is, I think, the game. Um, You know, you just mentioned the score prediction. Like, this is going to be a shootout. I think everyone's expecting this to be a little bit of a shootout, and it's just going to be, you know, can a defense get a stop or a field goal? In my personal opinion, I actually think the Packers defense is much better than this Titans defense and will have some level of an edge on Sunday night, especially being at home and especially having the most fans that they've seen yet at Lambeau Field at 1,000. Not the same as the typical 80,000, but they get juiced up when there's people in the stands rooting for them. So it's going to come down to this Packers offensive line, giving Rodgers time, keeping him upright, and letting him get the ball quick, letting him you know, wait for routes to develop like he does so well, letting him go through his progressions and his reads and finding the open guy because there will be plenty open guys and they deserve all the credit in the world this season for what they've done and they just had a bad game last week. So let's bounce back. Hopefully we get Corey Lindsley back. If he's back, that's huge. You know, we, I love Elton Jenkins and he again deserves a major shout out for playing all five positions on the offensive line this season, but it is so much better to kick him back to his natural position Have Corey Lindsley be in at center, have our best five guys out there. I love Lucas Patrick, but he had a really, really rough game against the Panthers. And again, we just, we need our best five out there. I think that if Corey Lindsley doesn't play, I'd actually prefer to see John Runyon Jr. Get his first start um, instead of Lucas Patrick, you know, see what the Rook can do because he's played really well in his limited snaps so far. So whoever is out there, you know, really beat up, win, win at the line, like win in the trenches, beat up a really, really vulnerable pass, uh, pass rush, keep Rogers upright let him sling the ball down the field. Yeah. So then I'm just going to take the really, really low hanging fruit here and talk about uh, both running games. Um, You know, it'll be Derrick Henry against this Packers run defense. And then we'll see what Aaron Jones can do. You talked about it. If Corey Lindsley's back in the offensive lines at full strength, Aaron Jones is going to have plenty of opportunities. And I I just want to see this Packers team not go away from the run game like we saw from them in the second half. Like Aaron Jones, you were kind of riding the hot hand for the entire first quarter or first half against the Panthers. And then they went away from that. And I know a large part of that is trying to sustain drives. And when you get into third and longs, even second and long, there's not as much of an ability to run the ball in those situations. But I want to see the Packers stay consistent in the run game because we've seen when Aaron Jones gets his touches, good things happen for the offense. And when you have to go away from that, that's when you're in jeopardy of kind of forcing the passing lanes that aren't necessarily there. And then obviously the flip side of that is, can this Packers defense contain Derrick Henry in any capacity? And honestly, I feel better about it than I did in the beginning of the season. And I think, you know, if you looked at the Packers defense, even from last year, there's been an improvement in the run defense. You have guys like Kingsley Kiki that have taken second year jumps. 
Chris Barnes, I think, will be wearing the communication helmet on Sunday night, assuming he can play. We've seen him and Kamal Martin both behind line of scrimmage, making explosive kind of tackles for losses in the backfield. So I think there's better opportunities for this Packers defense than maybe they're even getting credit for. So yeah, for, for me, I guess it's just, let's see what we get from both run games on Sunday night. This is going to be a really fun game. I think this is going to be a really, really fun game. Like regardless of the outcome, if you like football, like this is your ideal game is lots of points. Um, so I obviously, I just, I feel like I have to choose the Packers because when I really break it down and look at like the matchups on paper, I just think that the Packers defense actually does have the edge over the Titans defense. And if this Packers offense can do what it does, you know, first half of the Panthers game, it's, it's really hard for me to imagine anybody stopping them, but I do think it's gonna be a really close game. Like I do not think that this is going to be a blowout by any means. So I'm going, 37-34 Packers. I love it. Yeah, my score on Pack-A-Day was 41-38 Packers. And I think it honestly feels like it could be a situation where whoever has the ball last. And if I need Aaron Rodgers and Mason Crosby to win me a football game, I feel very, very confident about that. And that's not to say that I don't feel confident in Derrick Henry just you know breaking a 70-yard run either. But Aaron Rodgers, Mason Crosby... He's money yeah. for a reason. I like it by a field goal. Yeah, I like it by a field goal too. And I completely agree with you. This does have the rumblings of a last minute money Mason game winner. I love it, man. December football is the best and does not get any better than Sunday night football at Lambeau Field. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. It's supposed to be really cold too on Sunday night at Lambeau. I think single digits. Like this is when this Packers team thrives is in this weather. And you know, Tennessee is not a cold weather place. They're mm-hmm. not coming. They're not used to that. So, I mean, very few people are. Y'all are crazy up there. Um, <laughs> so, all right, Maggie, I think this was a great show. I'm really excited about this game. Um, I will be watching it with the Cheesehead folks on the live show. So you can check me out on that for my live reactions, which are usually full of exaggerated facial expressions and dramatics. So that should be fun. <laughs> It's going to be great. I have to not drink a lot because I have to record a pack a day right after the game ends um, for the Monday morning show. So, you know, hopefully it's not any type of blowout in either direction because that normally encourages me to have extra beers. So hopefully it's a nice, good game. And then I can I can recap uh, the Packers victory, maybe clinching the number one seed with Andrew Mertig right after. That's going to be awesome. I'm really excited. Um, all right, folks, as normal, you can just follow us on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein and at Maggie J. Loney. Her and I are all over the place these days, but we are both part of the Pack-A-Day crew. We do Game on Wisconsin happy hour. Um, Maggie writes two articles a week for Cheesehead TV, and I do two mini episodes with Voss Uglum for Packer Report. Um, we are at the end of the season, and that's both sad and exciting because the postseason is near. And I had a, a little daydream last night about the Packers winning the Super Bowl, and it got me really amped up. So <laughs> let's get a win on Sunday night and uh, go Pecco. Go Pecco. Go Pecco.